So this week is kind of all about uh, the background of School of the Prophets in, in general. And um, we've got quite a, a fun lineup. Uh, the first four weeks are going to be um, kind of foundational School of the Prophets type material before we actually head into the lectures. Um, just some kind of house, it's not necessarily housekeeping, but um, as we do embark on this journey, I would like to um, kind of start off each class with um, this scripture. This is the salutation from the School of the Prophets, and this is DNC 88-133. And so we'll get familiar with this one. You know, it might be the, <laughs> the only one that some of us memorize, but... Um, Anyway, this is how the Lord instructed the, the brethren to, to greet themselves in order to um, come into the actual school. Um, hopefully, like my video is kind of cutting out, so <laughs> hopefully y'all can hear me. But um, so it says, art thou a brother or brethren? And I would extend that to uh, to, to sisterin as well, right? <laughs> I salute you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in token or remembrance of the everlasting covenant, in which covenant I receive you to fellowship, in a determination that is fixed, immovable, and unchangeable, to be your friend and brother through the grace of God, blameless, in thanksgiving, forever and ever. Amen. And so, <clears throat> as the, um, uh, the instructor or whoever was... Um, kind of the teacher that day, the presenter, uh, he would greet each uh, fellow brother as they came into the, the room with uplifted hands uh, and quoting that, that introduction there. And they would either repeat it back or simply say uh, amen at the beginning. So just making sure, because my video is still lagging. Can everybody hear me good? Am I, is my voice gone all robotic and everything? Okay. Because <laughs> sometimes it, my computer glitches out. I try not to screen share too much because sometimes it just flips out on me. Some days are better than others. But um, so with the kind of homework assignments, <laughs> I, I've got them printed out. And so I'm just kind of reading through um, that last one uh, where it kind of gives like a timeline of the School of the Prophets and uh, kind of season by season how it started and how it progressed. And I think it's a, a really interesting journey uh, to kind of recap with y'all as we um, try to to learn about it and uh, replicate it in, in our own lives. So um, kind of starting in uh, where the, the name comes from and why that's even significant uh, for us and, and for this uh, Restorational School of the Prophets, it says that the revelation, DNC 88, refers to the, the name that should be given it, the School of the Prophets, but it doesn't necessarily specify why. That comes later as church leaders um, uh, kind of interpret that or uh, kind of give us the, the answer there, where um, it is to kind of harken back to the Old Testament usage of the Sons of the Prophets. Um, which is an interesting phrase, right? Sons of the prophets. Um, it, it clarifies that here. It hardly denotes physical descent of, of, from a prophet, but rather members of a prophetic guild or order. 
And so, uh, you know, as we've been through Isaiah decoded and, and looking at like the son servant level of the ladder, I think this is highly significant as, um, as kind of an indicator of what this, these groups of people are doing. <clears throat> uh, a couple paragraphs down, it, it talks about some kind of uh, the fragmented references that uh, we do know about the sons of the prophets. They dwell with their families in larger communities, in modest circumstances, and at various cultic sites such as Bethel, Jericho, Gilgal, etc. They assemble in communal halls before their master, whom they address as father, which is, you know, hearkening back to like the son servant level where we have the, the suzerain and the vassal, and uh, one is, is addressed as father and the other as son. Um, so they assemble for instruction and are available to him for errands. But they could also receive and transmit sayings of Yahweh individually. <clears throat> and then here's the, the part that really got to me as well, where, I mean, it's probably one of the more confusing parts of, of the whole thing, but um, really kind of focusing in on what's being said here. It said these circles of, of the sons of the prophets were concerned with definite eschatological expectations for a specific future. So eschatological is kind of uh, the ability to prophesy or see into the future or uh, look at the end times kind of a thing. Um, and so this group seems to be a, a group of people who have seen or, or heard of the future and, um, you know, much like the, the city of Zion, want to, to help or um, want to, to train um, toward that end. They have definite expectations for that specific future as it relates to the end time. And that they are able to, available to run errands for their father and to receive and, and transmit sayings of Yahweh. So I think that's really intriguing, you know, studying the School of the Prophets and, and what comes of that from the, uh, the School of the Prophets in, in this uh, day and age, you know, in, in the restoration of the fullness of times. So <clears throat> it seems like where they're called sons, seems like they're on the son servant level trying to get to the seraphim level that's what it seems like to me that's what they're suing for mm -hmm. yeah and so what does that look like for us um you know <laughs> having studied isaiah decoded as, as we all have uh recognizing jacob israel like okay been there done that zion jerusalem and as we pass our three tests of loyalty on the zion jerusalem step what does the the next step look like and do we have any patterns of it? I mean, <laughs> before studying lectures on faith, I, I didn't necessarily know of any specific things other than like maybe Zion's camp, kind of a, a model of it. Um, but looking in and, and studying this, it, it definitely seems like um, the School of the Prophets was a, a very specific, and, and it's even called that School of the Prophets kind of a thing. It's... Um, uh, modeled after the sons of the prophets kind of anyway it, it just makes a lot of sense to me that that this could very well be that exact type and um thing for us to to study and, and follow in our day you know we'll we'll study it in week 13 as we finish up this whole 
journey uh, with lectures on faith of why the lectures were decanonized from the scriptures. So, you know, they're they're part of the Doctrine and Covenants for a long time. Uh, but during those those Talmud years, um, they do uh, end up getting decanonized. And, and why? What What's behind that? And it always seems to kind of come up to the same answer of this is kind of a, a precious pearl and, and it needs to be sought after, uh, not just kind of trodden underfoot uh, type of thing. And so I think that it's it's just very interesting uh, to kind of study the school of the prophets in uh, in general, uh, but specifically the lectures on faith. I think there's some very powerful words and principles and, and things that we can can learn from that in our in our journeys. Anyway, just kind of thoughts and, and comments there. Oh yeah, Amy. <laughs> um. I was just going to ask, uh, hopefully it's not too much of a distraction. Um, if you, if you had like, a one of the older doctrine and covenants that had the lectures of faith in it and like, if where you got it or where I've been wanting to, anyways, reading this, like really made me remember that I wanted to get one of the older uh -huh. versions. You know, I don't necessarily think I do. That's going to be on um, my <laughs> to do list. I, I just didn't know like if there's a better place to find one other than just Amazon or something. But, mm -hmm. Yeah, they've they've done reproductions of the original one, so you should be able to get a reproduction pretty cheap. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That's a, a great idea because you know I've just been buying lectures on faith as they come by it, like DI or something like that. But yeah, like to have it like how it how it originally was you know is uh, doctrine and covenants and compiled there so yeah as soon as we find out any kind of reproductions and stuff if anybody has links send them to me and i can forward them on to everyone but yeah that's a great question <laughs> i hadn't thought about it and i'm like the library guy right i should have one of those <laughs> you know that one that mike had uh was older it might have it i'll have to look i did never you have that or is it over at my place um, I think you have it. Anyway, we'll we'll find that. Yeah, I think I have it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, now I'm super curious on that because I want to like know like where it was. Like, was it like kind of cemented in there, or is it like at the end? Like, how did they compile that? It's a very good question. And that one article uh, in our week thirteen homework might answer some of that as well. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but yeah, any other kind of like comments and questions about, you know, just lectures on or school of the prophets in, in general, um, as we're going through these, um, I'm just kind of going through, through this document until we, we do have questions and, uh, and things, but I just love studying this. I, I think it's very intriguing how we can now take this and, and apply it. So um, that first winter um, is kind of the, the original, right? Where 1832, this is just two small years after the organization of the church, the official uh, founding of it, 1830. And um, this is... Uh, received by revelation in DNC 88. And um, there's eventually 21 members who are um, called as kind of the first laborers in the kingdom to, to receive this. 
they met in a small schoolroom and uh, just reading through Zebedee Coltrane's interview here, I think is very interesting. It says that Elder Orson Hyde was the teacher and saluted the brethren with uplifted hands, you know, like we uh, did at the beginning here. And they also answered with uplifted hands, spoke of the administration of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. The brethren always went fasting. They went in the morning, remained until about four o'clock in the afternoon, when each had a glass of wine and a piece of bread after the ancient pattern. Joseph was the president and appointed Elder Orson Hyde teacher, as the school was not only revelations and doctrine, but also for the learning of English, grammar, etc. The teacher saluted the brethren, one or more, as they came in. This salutation was given every morning when they met Brother Sidney Rigdon lectured on grammar sometimes. There was a period in there that I <laughs> skipped over talking about grammar. But um, I found that interesting at, that they covered so much with uh, just these uh, eventual 21 members here and how the school uh, grows into even more uh, studies and uh, subjects that they uh, went into. But they tried to cover a lot of ground that, that first winter. But then the second winter, they're so busy with things, um, especially um, appropriate facilities and, and preoccupation with uh, stuff going on with Missouri, etc., um, that they didn't have a session that following winter. But then the next one, winter of 1834, then they did. Um, so Kirtland Temple, that's the, the ultimate purpose, was to, to build a facility um, so that they could um, help uh, grow uh, the Elders Quorum, the, the Relief Society, and get more instruction going. Um, so they do divide it in that winter into two different schools. So there's the Theological School of the Elders, and then there's the Kirtland School, where you have many women and children also joining that school. And um, that one has like paid teachers versus the, the School of the Elders is very much different and separate. Um, but uh, you do have it being extended to, to many more elders than, than the original. Um, and then this one is the one where the actual lectures on faith are developed, um, mainly by Sidney Rigdon, Joseph Smith, and uh, presented for, for the first time. Um, with Heber C. Kimball's quote, we see that, um, that there's many different people uh, teaching and, and speaking upon the principle of faith. Um, uh, as they are, are called upon to share. So it's not just one single teacher, um, but kind of um, teaching each other, uh, very Zion oriented there, uh, versus the Kirtland School, which um, has, has a ton of different subjects and uh, uh, lots of different um, learning happening amongst the, the early saints. Uh, from that, that winter, it kind of evolves into to summer uh, as well. Um, let's see, who was it? it was John, there it is. Uh, John Coral wrote this. He says, speaking of church members, he said they had been previously commanded to seek learning and study, um, to seek learning and to study the best books and get a knowledge of countries, kingdoms, languages, etc., which inspired them with an extravagant thirst after knowledge. And I just think about that. I'm like, oh man, what would it have been like to be part of um, 
the saints back then as they're just coming into their own they're they're learning and growing together uh, trying to develop that that zion um contagious ex, uh, extravagant thirst like it talks about there after knowledge kind of a, a renaissance somebody mentioned it in our group a as a, a renaissance of sorts uh, just very enlightening and and powerful. That's how I feel when I go to like education week. <laughs> but I can only imagine that it would be uh, so amazing to uh, learn and study uh, from all of these uh, great early uh, church leaders as they were getting trained. Um, let's see. So that that summer session had so much curriculum, like. Looking at that list, they had theology, English and grammar, writing, reading, arithmetic, mathematics, geography, history, debating, singing, foreign languages, including Hebrew, Latin, Greek. Um, anyway, they were just on fire. I, I think it's so awesome. So then we kind of dive into the actual purpose of the School of the Prophets, you know, and we, we've already kind of hinted on that, but like, why? Do you think that the Lord found it necessary to establish this school of the prophets so early on in the restoration? And why do you think it's important to, to study it now? I'd just like to kind of hear your guys' thoughts as you're, um, as we're all uh, trying to, to study this together. Um, is it a worthwhile endeavor? <laughs> like, is this um, something we should be doing? Or anyway, just what are your thoughts? Well, I think that they, uh, most of them really needed to learn a lot of things. They didn't really have, probably didn't have a lot of schooling. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, for sure. Kind of like me. <laughs> <laughs> Not hardly. <laughs> yeah, like looking at Joseph Smith, even, you know, he's just a schoolboy. I mean, boy. little in, in his learning. Um, and as he is growing along with the saints and, um, teaching and learning uh, alike. I think that's very interesting, huh? I think going along with that, just, I mean, they all were coming from such diverse backgrounds and belief systems and really like getting, like going through these lectures on faith, like really understanding, you know, all those, the, the characters that, characteristics of God and why faith is essential. I mean, all these things like are, as I was reading it, there's a lot of things that just seemed like blowing my mind that I, even growing up in the church, like, you know, I mean, obviously faith lessons all the time, but like, there's just so much in there. And so I can only imagine like how how vital it was for them to just all like, this is God. And this, this faith is essential. And anyways, and, and other things, you know, um, just really a great opportunity to clear up and learn together and study together and, and get that solid foundation of who God is and, and all the principles and whatnot. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah, so I feel like it's, it is super, beneficial for us today too right like mm -hmm. um i yeah i i, I, I know i can benefit from learning these things deeper <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I also wonder, Cameron, um, you know, I, I haven't ever studied it, but I've heard that Joseph Smith was at one time part of the Masons. Uh -huh. And they originally used to do all the studying. They had to know ge uh, geometry and all kinds of, like, it was really a lot about knowledge. So I wonder if, I'm not, I don't know, but I wonder if he kind of, I'm sure he was inspired to do that, but I wonder also if he maybe was patterning it, patterning it a little bit the same because they were so kind of uneducated. Uh -huh. um, sorry, sorry to all dogs. And knew the importance of having that education. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just kind of looking at, you know, the, the outcomes of the School of the Prophets are amazing. And um, just as we are coming to know God, uh, we, you know, through Triumph of Zion and, and all of that, we know that it's possible to, uh, to have a personal relationship with our Savior and, and with God um, on, on this side of the veil. Uh, we don't have to wait for, for death for, for these grand blessings. And then uh, taking that and uh, it's going to require knowledge, right? Um, we can't approach him until we have a proper knowledge of him. Uh, the lectures on faith are very clear on um, uh, some of those principles there. Like, how can you how can you come into a presence of a God that you don't even know? And so uh, really, uh, like, like Amy was saying, coming from such diverse backgrounds and, and I'm kind of just melding all together, but learning and growing who God is and, and what that looks like um, uh, comes with, with knowledge, uh, getting correct principles um, under our belts so that we can uh, approach deity with confidence and, and that faith that it, it looks like. The first time that I came across lectures on faith, I was in the mission field and I was just like, what is this? I had never heard about it, never heard of anything like that. And um, it was just rocking my brain. Like, I don't have faith. I, I just simply don't have faith that it's talking about here. Like, there's so much to it that I didn't uh, understand. And as I've grown throughout the years in uh, in faith and, and those principles, I, I still look back and, and read lectures on faith and I don't have faith. <laughs> I need to keep um, that in my my back pocket. I need to pull it out and study it all the time uh, to to really get a correct idea of who God is, my relationship to Him, and and how to approach Him with confidence. Kind of a thing. I, I really love that coming from the lectures. At... Um. So it talks about the, the purpose of um, the lectures here, and uh, it, it prominently focuses on Moroni's visit. And uh, what he's telling young Joseph is that we are to prepare for the second coming uh, of the Lord. And um, that preparation would come through the process of actually building Zion. Um, so that you know high mystical level of, of Enoch City but actually doing it and building it and then having it fill the whole earth so that the Lord can come. Like that's a pretty tall order for uh, a young prophet to be like, okay, now what? <laughs> We've got a long road ahead of us. And yet here, 1832, we're starting, we're getting on it and um, building that Zion principle, learning how to, uh, how it all works uh, so that we can 
uh, kind of prepare for that day. Uh, like it talked about with the uh, sons of the prophets, these circles were concerned with definite eschatological expectations for a specific future. It's a mouthful, but I think that that's kind of the, the whole crux of it. Uh, looking forward and wanting to be a part of it, wanting to be an instrument in the Lord's hands and um, just knowing how to get there. I think that that's so crucial. Um, let's see. So let's just kind of talk about the actual revelation of the uh, DNC 88 here. Uh, you know, I, I've read through the Doctrine and Covenants many times and the DNC 88, oh yeah, that's the olive leaf. But before studying lectures on faith, I had no idea that that's like the background, how it fits in and, and all that. Uh, so to see how this revelation actually came about was very enlightening. Um, I want to read through um, the, the Kirtland Council Minute Book here um, about this, this experience. It says, a conference of high priests assembled in the translating room in Kirtland, Ohio, on the 27th day of December 80, 1832. The present, just a small group of people, uh, Joseph Smith Sr., Sidney Rigdon, Orson Hyde, Joseph Smith Jr., and Hiram Smith, Samuel Smith, Neil K. Whitney, Frederick G. Williams, Ezra Thayer, and John Murdoch. So this small group commenced by prayer. Then Brother Joseph arose and said, to receive revelation and the blessing of heaven, it was necessary to have our minds on God and exercise faith and become of one heart and of one mind. Therefore, he recommended all present to pray separately and vocally to the Lord for him to reveal his will unto us concerning the upbuilding of Zion and for the benefit of the saints and for the duty and employment of the elders. Accordingly, we all bowed down before the Lord, after which each one arose and spoke in his turn his feelings and determination to keep the commandments of God, and then proceeded to receive revelation, which is DNC 88, concerning the duty above stated. At 9 o'clock p.m., the revelation was still not being finished. The conference adjourned, and then, I don't know, this is kind of, it sounds a little broken here, it's like, almost like it needs a period there or something. Um, but, um, and it being finished and there are no further business before the council, the conference closed the meeting by prayer in harmony with the brethren and gratitude to our heavenly father for the great manifestation of his Holy spirit during the setting of the conference. And so just kind of like pondering that, um, it says that, uh, all of this was to receive, uh, DNC 88, one through 126. So it's not the full. Uh, DNC 88, but um, the, the first part of it, which kind of boils down to, to four bullet points. Um, and so, I don't know, just kind of envisioning it was an interesting uh, experience in and of itself. Okay, so everybody's going to, to kneel um, and uh, one by one uh, stand and, and offer up their feelings and determination to keep the commandments of God. And so it's like a collective revelation uh, in kind of a almost fast and testimony uh, style um, meeting. I, I just found that very interesting. I had never considered that before. 
And so these four bullet points um, is the call for the organization of a school was given. Like, can you imagine when um, you call a group of people together and say, okay, we want further light and knowledge on how to build Zion. We want to know how to do this and uh, what that's going to look like for the saints and how the elders are, are going to bring it about. And then the, I don't know what order or whatever, but first person stands up and says, we need to organize a school. And then the mission statement was set forth, the curriculum categorized, the rules of personal student conduct were revealed. Like, I don't know, it's just such an interesting revelation uh, as, a, as a joint effort there. Um, then there's a second revelation, which adds a few verses, which are the rules of classroom conduct. The third revelation uh, brings or restores back the ritual for initiation, uh, the washing of the feet, which we'll talk about next time extensively. Um, but it's interesting, if you'll notice, that not all of the verses are mentioned here in these bullet points. Um, like what happens prior to, to verse 70 and, and stuff. And so um, anyway, I had to look it up and uh, get all of that under my belt, but then I've forgotten it. <laughs> Got to look it up again. But just kind of looking at the, the section heading to, to DNC 88 talks about um, faithful saints receive that comforter, which is the promise of eternal life. So, I mean, right out the bat, we're talking about second comforter. Um, and possibly even first comforter here in, in all, all of this, talking about the light of Christ, talking about um, obedience to, to different laws, celestial, terrestrial, and telestial, and what that does when we obey those. Um, it prepares us to, um, uh, when uh, for those kingdoms and, and glories there. Um, let's see talks a lot about law um and then it kind of goes into to verse 70 here or wait no there's a parable in there somewhere just a second yeah so the parable of the man sending his servants into the field and visiting them in turn is also in there uh, prior to the official school of the prophets type things and then interjected in there are also kind of the signs of the times of the second coming and how that relates to the, the school. Anyway, I just found it one of the most intriguing revelations that, I mean, there's a lot in DNC, right? But it's, it's one um, that uh, is just calling my attention so much lately. Yeah, as I visualize this, and, and the men are, uh, individually standing up and adding to and stuff the spirit is so strong for them to be receiving this revelation i think man that took <laughs> uh faith to to close that meeting and say we'll adjourn another time mm -hmm. you know because it's late because i would have wanted to just keep going you know things are flowing pretty good here like but I think it took faith to, to, to know in their hearts that they could continue on with that. But anyway, I find it amazing. It's, it's yeah. so cool. All the stuff that they need to learn to do everything to get to where they want to get to. 
staggering. And so, um, I mean, not saying that we need to get into a, a process of uh, group revelation kind of a thing, but just kind of pondering what that looks like in our day and age. Um, you know, uh, uh, Ballard's um, book, Counseling with Our Councils, you know, he does a lot of um, uh, speaking on on the, the purpose of, of counseling, right? Um, how we work together to receive revelation uh, for our callings, for our families, etc. Um, I think that's a highly important principle. And sometimes, you know, that waxes and wanes throughout the, the years of, of the restoration. But um, I think it's very important for us nowadays, especially, because nobody wants to listen to each other anymore. I mean, <laughs> we all, my way is the, the highway, my truth, your truth is over there. But if you don't agree with me, then I don't want anything to do with you kind of thing. And so learning to become a Zion-like people has to do with receiving and, um, and gathering. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting process. We're that the same kind of lost art, almost. As everyone else. Right? So, um, anyway. Um, let's see. What else, like, stood out to us as we were reading here? So that kind of concludes that, that one um, very handy kind of timeline there. Um, in the, the church's article on the church website, um, uh, it kind of branches into how this has evolved even since then. So as the saints come west, etc., um, how other schools of the prophets are established and how it eventually um, kind of morphs into our uh, church educational system and um, how uh, learning is such a priority. You know, I, I always think back to like uh, uh, President Hinckley, you know, like education, like focus on uh, educating ourselves. Um, I think that there is great power in education, uh, like Kathy was saying, um, just in our our day to day lives, it can help uh, prepare provide opportunities for us. But also, um, I think it, it provides a protection. Uh, you know, knowledge is power, and and that power can help actually protect us in times of need, whether it be from Satan or or just in general. Um, But yeah, that was very um, crucial as, as the saints came west, uh, continuing on those efforts there. Um, yeah, anything else that, that stood out to you guys as you were uh, reading through this? Any questions that you might have? Not that I necessarily be able to answer them, but. But yeah, I think as we embark on this journey of, of studying the lectures on faith, I think that the powers um, of heaven work in our behalf to facilitate great growth and um, uh, so many 
different avenues of, of blessings. But like I, I was saying at the beginning, it seems like the school of the prophets is very much uh, patterned after the, the sons of the prophets in the Old Testament. And as we are um, kind of studying through some of those here in uh, the Old Testament this year, uh, I think it's very intriguing to kind of see the, the blessings or the um, the ramifications of those efforts in times past and how we might be able to um, to replicate them or, or learn and uh, apply them in different ways in our lives. <clears throat> but how much it uh, kind of relates to the Isaiah's ladder kind of thing is intriguing. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, where where does it refer to um, in the Bible? Where does it refer to the sons of the prophet? Uh -huh. You may so, have said that. I apologize. But... Oh, no, not at all. Um, so like in this article, it gives quite a few little references. Um, most of them are in um, first and second Kings. So um, let's see, what are some of them? So like second Kings chapter four, chapter two, chapter six. Um, and then like first Kings 20 also has some of those. And I'm sure that there's probably a, a lot more as well, but um, let's see. Oh, the, the third bullet point on that uh, list actually lists them out pretty well. Um, first Kings 20, second Kings um, two, four, five, and six. So kind of the, the early part of second Kings is where those, those focus in on. And so that'll be interesting as we, we study that in. Because he's bothering me. Yeah. Oh, it will help me pay attention a little bit more to that and kind of compare, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found it so interesting. Um, I, all the weeks are kind of running together. Wasn't it last week with where we had uh, David and Solomon? Or was that two weeks ago? I can't remember. But anyway, that was a, a very interesting week. Um, and, you know, such a quick run by of that story. But um, that was one of, follow me. Yeah, come follow me. Uh, one of my main goals this year was to um, find the um, Isaiah and uh, Triumph of Zion, all of those different kind of things that they're referencing all the time. Um, but um, seeing them in scripture like the davidic covenant right um how that comes in with the philistines and how that comes in after david is is dancing before the ark of the covenant and and then uh enters into the the davidic covenant um anyway i just find it so interesting uh my time through the old testament this year is uh expanding greatly and everything's kind of coming together I'm sure the next time I study it, it'll come together even more, but um, my little brain trying to <laughs> keep up with yeah. the Old Testament is hard work, but more than what the one of the things that me I want to follow me. Do, okay. uh, this time is, is looking I'm at reading all of it. Not just a couple chapters here, a couple chapters. Yeah, um, it it's been it's been really incredible as yeah, like you're just saying, diving into Isaiah and just other things, just how much is being opened up and uh, 
and how how I for me it it feels so pertinent to today and like I'd never recognized before you know that it's like this is all for us <laughs> like it just keeps blowing my mind all these stories and all these symbols and all these little things that I'm learning about that I know I'm not even scratching the surface mm-hmm. it's it just all points to the here and now and uh anyways forgot where I was going with that but it was it just it's pretty remarkable mm-hmm. yeah I think like <laughs> it's kind of a, a nerdy one but um one of my first uh education week classes was from Sean Hopkins and it was a class on Leviticus and he starts off with a quote um, from Bruce R. McConkie saying Old Testament great book of Leviticus has no bearing on on our church today like you can pretty much just ignore it and uh, <laughs> Hopkins was like I don't agree <laughs> and and starts into this week uh, lecture series on uh, how important Leviticus is for our daily lives here and now and oh man I honestly I think it's like my favorite book of scripture like it Leviticus you is need, like the best it, well then you need to teach a class and give us your <laughs> give us your thoughts on that I'd love to hear that sometime it's a, that's it's so cool intriguing book and it has so many prophetic um symbolisms that that are being fulfilled in the end times and stuff anyway it's like one of the best things ever but i mean it it's a the old testament in general is just like kind of a uh an interesting read you know after being translated so much and you know i i don't know there's it's it's really hard to actually get into but um but yeah once once you do then it's just uh, an amazing thing and it, well, it kind of expands your vision of like how long the gospel has been on the earth like it was the same then it's the same now um there's different nuances and policy changes etc but like same gospel right that reminds me of kind of you know how you're saying you know disagreeing with bruce r mcconkie about no it is very applicable today and and that was kind of uh i don't know if it was abraham himself or someone referring to his work with Isaiah just um kind of referring to almost like it it has been a sealed book mm-hmm. and and it's and I'm sure you know it it definitely you know you can get stuff from it throughout all generations of time but yet but so much of it couldn't really be opened up until the here you know where we are today with you know for different reasons and that's probably the same thing with a lot of the other books you know as we have more of an ability to learn what you know I I don't know just just through modern technology or whatever like it's really helping us unlock these books in ways that they haven't been able to before so maybe they did seem irrelevant you know mm-hmm. yeah but anyways yeah because i love bruce r mcconkey you know I'm, right yeah he's <laughs> disagreeing with him but uh yeah being unlocked i, I think is a, a huge uh thing for us uh, in our day 
so many things like the the restoration is just so fun the further it gets along <laughs> the more there is, is being revealed and, and restored and keys unlocking you know like how many people uh, prior to i don't know say mid uh, 2010s how do you even refer to decades i don't <laughs> even know after the 2000s but like you know ezra's eagle like i don't know nobody studied right. that kind of stuff but yet um with the proper keys when you uh, take ezra and daniel put them together and it's like oh oh how did we not see this before and it's like talking about our day and you start just opening up things what other keys are there how can we open these up uh you know with the technology to uh help us find chart and diagram chiasmus throughout scripture um uh, at an ever accelerating pace like oh man there is so much beauty in the revealed word uh you know whether it's Old Testament, Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, and especially lectures on faith. <laughs> it was so fun to like go through the Book of Nelson and, and see all of those same things. Uh, it, it continues on that pattern when the Lord is speaking through authorized servants. Um, there's so much there. But yeah, um, so just kind of um, talking about the organization of our our group here um so since a lot of us aren't on on facebook there there's quite a few that are but um i have revamped the homepage of the learningzion.com website for us so that we can easily access the um the things on a weekly basis um let me hopefully i can screen share and my computer won't freak out <laughs> but we'll see um so on the homepage are all of the 13 weeks. You click into them and it gives the, um, the homework reading, the links so that you can just click on those and go read them. And then all of the videos from our classes are, are there. You can listen to the podcast if uh, you're not needing to, to stream the actual video. And then down below, is where you can like post comments so if you find any other articles or um things to to share say you find uh, a great book that references things that we're learning about uh, go ahead and, and comment and, and post in there um i mean you're more than welcome to use the the facebook group too but um since quite a few of us aren't on there um i feel uh, try to to post it there as well on the learningzion.com website do you, um, you sorry do you have a what um what's the facebook group you're talking about um yeah i probably haven't invited you so <laughs> amy is from our uh isaiah decoded book club on on saturdays and so she's kind of new to <laughs> the learning zion side um but yeah i'll uh invite you to that, that facebook group it's just a, a private group where we um, kind of just ask questions throughout the week or, or whatever on any of our book clubs. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Right away with that one. Um, what else mother? I, I feel like I'm forgetting lots of like housekeeping things and things, but <clears throat> I don't know. Um, <laughs> next week we'll, um, do the, the actual salutation and the ordinance. So focusing a lot on the ordinance of, of the washing of the feet and, how that is restored from uh, the Last Supper and um, 
just kind of what that looks like in the early church and what it looks like today. Um, and there's, there's quite a few articles on there. Uh, I <laughs> Disclaimer, my mom keeps <laughs> telling me to do this disclaimer. But if you are uncomfortable reading any of the, the wording of temple ordinances, don't do that last link that's on the homework sheet. I, I was going to take it off and it got in. And anyway, it's there. But if, if you're uncomfortable with that, just skip that one that's uh, ldsendowment.com. Um, but that one is where it talks about the second anointing ordinance and um, the washing of the feet that happens in it. Um, and so, I mean, it's informational, but if, if you're uncomfortable with uh, the, that aspect, uh, uh, by any means, uh, skip that one. Um, or something else with that. Oh, so next week, it's a tall homework load. So there's uh, DNC 88 in its entirety. If you are scrunched for time, I would say skip that one because that will be easy to, to work into the other weeks. Um, but you'll definitely want to get to the John um, scripture block there from the Last Supper and um, the, the actual washing of the feet that occurs at the bottom of section 88. Um, and then whatever, uh, of those articles that you can squeeze in, uh, would be, would be awesome. Like the Ask Gramps one is, is very handy. Well, they're all very handy, but, um, in that, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I've formatted them. So like when you go on your browser and you push print, it's going to print out all the ads and everything that's around it and it's cumbersome. So on the Learning Zion site under week two, um, I do have a Google Doc that just has all of the text of all of the homework for next week. Um, easy to, to print out and um, study it that way if you'd like to. I mean, you don't have to in any way, but... Um, I found for me, I was printing out all these ads and it was kind of hard to focus on, on the actual content. And so um, there's those available if you'd like them. Um, I don't know if I've forgotten anything. Well, <laughs> we'll see. But um, yeah. We're hey, gonna... Cameron, can you tell us where do we print that out again? I'm on the site. I didn't uh, yeah. follow that. So, um, if you go into week number two. Yep. There now. And then scroll all the way to the bottom to um, the, the comment section. Yeah. Uh, I believe so. Let me make sure and get yeah, there. Yeah, it says mark complete. Uh-huh. So just right above that, um, one of the comments there. Oh, yep, yep. Got, it. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. So you'll click on that and um, you'll be able to, to print that out from there. Great. Awesome. Yep. Appreciate I appreciate you doing that. Yeah, I probably actually will with um, these first four weeks since they are like extracurricular articles and, and things like that. I'll format them so that we can print them easier. Um, but when we dive into the lectures, you know, those will be um, easily accessible. You can find lots of different ways to print those out or have a book. Seems like there's other things that I'm forgetting. <laughs> but I don't know. My brain's a scatterbrain these days. Um, any other comments and questions or, or anything before we head out for the night? Sorry, this one was kind of just a 
<laughs> it's the 101 crash course of School of the Prophets. Um, but next week with um, the, the salutation, the ordinance, uh, I think that there's going to be a lot there to, to dive into and, and study. And then um, the one after that, the Word of Wisdom, um, is going to be another very interesting one, I think. So, I mean, like we all know the, the background story, right, of uh, chewing tobacco, Emma having to clean up and uh, being disgusted and, and stuff like that. But um, my very, very first Education Week class was from Anthony Sweat, and it was called The Doctrine and Covenants of Making Your Calling and Election Sure. And it was kind of a different, um, kind of all of the fill in the blanks of that story that uh, help uh, frame the word of wisdom in, in a new light. Um, because with the word of wisdom being given, uh, like for the school of the prophets here, right? Um, it came with a health code and a cleanliness code of uh, how to prepare your bodies in order to receive revelation. And, um, they, you know, they would bathe in alcohol uh, before coming to the, the actual school. And so, um, it, we'll, we'll get into all the specifics and everything uh, later on. But anyway, just talking about the word of wisdom in general and how significant that was for these, these elders participating in the school, um, I think is just highly intriguing. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've got a, a fun 13 weeks ahead of us, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, it'll be super fun. Um, but yeah, the Lord kept uh, telling me, if you want the same blessings, study it the same way. So whatever that means to you, take it and run with it. <laughs> um, yeah, if there's nothing else, we'll, we'll say adieu for the night. It's been a, uh, I don't know, it's been such a, a fun journey with, with all of our books and stuff, but I, I feel like we're just hitting on some of the, the precious um, plain truths of the gospel with the lectures on faith. It's going to be such a fun run. Thank you so much, Cameron. I'm super excited. You're Looking this. forward to it. Thanks so much, Cameron. Appreciate your work. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we'll see y'all later. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks. Good night. Good night. All right. Bye.